Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. Welcome to So What's the Problem, in which we watch a movie from our youth and see just how problematic it is by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy, and today we'll be talking about Sleepless in Seattle, which was released on June 24th, 1993 in the US and September 24th in the UK. It was written by Nora Ephron, David S. Ward and Jeff Arch. It was directed by Ephron and reunites the stars of Joe vs. the Volcano. So what will happen is this. Jimmy and I have thought of three problems this movie has, three each. They could be major problems or they could be silly, pointless ones. We'll take turns going through them one at a time and either knows what the other is picked. At the end, we'll both have one positive thing to say about the movie each. Uh, so do you have any history with this movie? Um, not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> I saw it in the past a couple of times and liked it, but it's never been one of my go-tos. It's one of my mum's favourite movies, though. Um, she's a huge Tom Hanks fan, and this and a league of their own is um, like top-tier Tom <laughs> Hanks for her. So, you know. I like this, though. I mean, I can appreciate how well-written it is, and despite its treatment of a couple of characters, uh, but we'll get into that. Uh, so, what about you? Do you have a history with this? Oh, yes. Um... <laughs> I saw it in the theater when it came out, and I re- it's weird the stupid shit you remember from your childhood, because I very vividly remember us getting in late to the movies, like we missed the trailers and the movie had already started, and being really pissed at my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, whenever I was younger, um, like basically when I was in my teens, uh, I would fall asleep to movies and TV and this was something I fell asleep to all the time. Right. And uh, I hadn't watched it in a while, but I'm sitting here and I'm just like, I can recite every single line as they say <laughs> it. Uh, except for the part, for some reason, I thought they were talking about Die Hard instead of Dirty Dozen at that one part, point. But like, I knew everything else. And um, I haven't watched, the last time I watched it was a few years ago. And I remember getting really, really angry at it. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I thought it was so problematic, and that's why I picked it. And then I'm watching it this time, and I wasn't – I must have been in a bad mood that day because I was not mm. angry this time. Right. It still, ha- it still has a couple of a couple of issues, though. I mean, it's – but the, the joy of this podcast is we can, also, we can still watch movies that we like, mm-hmm. and we can still like them at the end of the day. I mean, we can rip a movie apart. Um, and still think it's great. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. I mean, I don't think any movie is absolutely perfect. That's why I propose that one day you and I do Back to the Future. Because mm. that's my favourite oh, movie. Oh my god, there's so many problems. Like, that movie is so problematic. 
Yes. Oh my god, it is. But I love it. It's my favorite film, so that's why I'm willing to do it. <laughs> I get really icked out whenever I watch it. <laughs> I mean, it's a good movie, but oh man. I yes, I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so who's going first with the problems? Do you want to go first? Your first problem. Um, I don't have any problems till pretty far into it. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> do you want me to go first then? Because my problem's in the first two minutes. Oh, go for it. Right, okay, here we go. Less than two minutes in, we've learned that Tom Hanks has lost his wife. Mm-hmm. And he's at work, and the tone is quite sombre, and a colleague offers up his uh, shrink to him, and Hanks gets pissy and yells a little... And I feel bad for the man, except for the fact that he's wearing the most ugliest fucking bow tie I've ever seen in my entire life. I didn't even notice. <laughs> it's It makes him stand out, and I don't blame Hanks for shouting at him. That's it. I hated his bow tie. Wow. It. it took that's me out a, of a serious scene. <laughs> that's such a weird problem to have. Yeah, it was ugly. Go back and watch it. That is an ugly bow tie. And he, he's got this sort of body shape and head that doesn't suit a bow tie. It's like, why are you in a bow tie? Wear a tie like everyone else. Everybody else is wearing a tie. What makes you so special you have to wear that hideous monstrosity? <laughs> <laughs> One thing I will say about that scene is it's really well done. Because mm-hmm. Tom Hanks could come off as very unlikable in that scene because mm-hmm. he is very rude to this man. But it's written in a way... Where he, and it's acted in a way where they make it clear that he's just been dealing with so much of this, and this was the breaking point. Exactly. That yeah. maybe he's been polite in the past, but like he's just had so many people come to him and give him cards for therapy or support groups or whatever, and he's done. And so he comes off as sympathetic, which is pretty impressive if you really like when you start the scene, he just seems like a dick. No, I, I agree 100%. You, you could go, you could absolutely dislike this character for this, but you don't because, well, because Tom Hanks' performance, and um, through that performance you realise, you know, this guy's been through a lot. Give him a break, you know what I mean? Stop handing him cards with your hideous bow tie. Just stop it. Yeah, I, um, oh my God, I had a thought and I totally forgot what it <laughs> And it's beautifully shot as well. I mean, the, mm-hmm. in that room where they've got the window, the big huge window behind them, and you see the city. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just really, it sort of makes it look like he's being engulfed. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's being, like, so he's trapped. It makes it look like he's trapped, and I like that. I like that sort of subtle sort of filmmaking, because everywhere you look outside, there's a building. Well, and I think they do a really good job of, you know, it's called Sleepless in Seattle, so Seattle's going to be on your mind. And they do Mm -hmm. a really good job throughout the movie of making it clear where we are at any moment. Right. And I hadn't really thought about that till right now. Um, Hmm. We start off in Chicago, don't we? Yeah, and she's in Baltimore. Right. And um, the the other thing I was going to say is I learned some new things when I, I was reading the trivia for this. Mm-hmm. And a big one was I I didn't realize he was nominated for an Academy Award for this. Oh right, I didn't. No, I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah, that's what it said on the IMDb trivia. Um, oh. Although now I'm double checking because I don't always trust IMDb. Yeah, don't always trust IMDb. Um, but and the other thing which I did know but I always forget, I'm constantly thinking Toy Story came out later than it did. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was recording Toy Story. When he made this movie. 
Yeah, it was just two years after this. Yeah, I I always think it came out when I was older, and it's it came mm-hmm. out when I was in sixth grade, and I just I guess I just thought I was too good for it, too old for it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so I remembered it being later. See, okay, I saw trivia that said that, but here I'm looking on IMDb at the awards, and it does not show that he was nominated. No. So damn it, I thought that was interesting, and now it's not. First time he was nominated was that. Not Forrest Gump, and then he won the first time. Well, he, he won for Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia first, the yeah. Year Philadelphia, that, yeah. Yeah, the trivia claimed he was nominated for this that year. And then, but his first nomination, which I didn't know, so, you know, at least I found something, is he was nominated for Big. Oh, was he? Oh, well. Yeah. Okay. Right. But that is a good yeah. performance. He's always good. He's bloody good, isn't he? He's just a really good, solid actor. He has in everything he does. He's so beloved that he's the reason half the people started taking coronavirus seriously. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, actually. <laughs> like, looking on Facebook, I saw so many people in my timeline, like, really, like, that was the thing that seemed to make them really think about it, was that mm-hmm. you don't you don't fuck with Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. Exactly. Drowning in IRS debt? If you can't afford to pay your IRS debt due to economic hardship, you can now be free of IRS collection efforts by taking advantage of a special IRS tax hardship program. This program allows Americans who owe the IRS to resolve their delinquent tax debt once and for all. In some cases, maybe even reducing what you owe significantly. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Simply dial 800-600-3010. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back or have years of unfiled tax returns, help is standing by. Just call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-600-3010 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your social security check. Call 800-600-3010 to see if you qualify. That's 800-600-3010. Our homes today are like little cities full of different interneting boroughs, like the entertainment district in the living room or the virtual fitness center in the garage. And Xfinity Internet keeps it all running smoothly with reliable speed to power all your devices at once. You get coverage around town, from the financial district home office to the spa. Xfinity Internet keeps your little city humming with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Find great offers and value today from Xfinity. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY to learn more. Restrictions apply. Um, so, what? Right, it's time for your first problem. Well, Even okay. It's further into the movie. <laughs> this isn't one of my official problems, but I do have a question because I'm feeling very, very stupid right now. Okay. So Rita Wilson plays his sister in this movie. Mm. When do they say he's she's his sister? She, she isn't his sister. But everything I've read about it says she's his sister. No, Victor Garber's his brother. But but how do you know? Because um, I listened to the commentary and Nora Ephron told me. Okay, first of all, I'm jealous because I've not listened to the commentary. But they never say it, right? No, they never mention it, no. Okay, because I was, whenever I was reading trivia and reading stuff about the movie this morning, I kept seeing stuff about she played his sister. And I was like, I've seen this movie a million times. I always assumed they were just very close friends of his because they never say anything. As far as I've noticed, Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, well, maybe there's a scene where, like, maybe, you know, Jonah calls her aunt something at some point, and I yeah. missed it. But, like, I'd, I've never – and I've seen this movie at least 30 times, mm-hmm. and I've never noticed anything, and I always just thought they were family friends until today. Well, I think that's a good thing, though. They don't hit, hit you over the head with this. You know what I mean? It's not like saying uh, – uh, as you know, I am your sister-in-law. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, you know what I mean? So it's good, I think. I I don't disagree with you, but I also mm-hmm. am just like, how did I never... It never even occurred to me <laughs> they could be of any relation to him. Yeah, well, apparently Victor Garba was cast because he had curly hair just like Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he was cast as his brother because they both had curly hair. Huh. Damn, I don't, I, I'm very upset about this whole thing. Like, although it's good, like, I do like when you've seen a movie a million times and then there's something new, mm-hmm. but it just, it, it made me want to immediately rewatch it because I needed to look for any kind of indication that they are related. Yeah, I was quite surprised that there was a, a commentary on the DVD because the back of the DVD says nothing about special features. But then when I put the disc in, it said extras, and I thought, oh, it's probably just going to be a trailer or something. And then it said, no, there's commentary on it. Went, Listen to that. Okay, so I guess if we're going to go with my first problem, mm-hmm. I don't want to go with a big one yet, so I'll go with a small one. Yeah, okay. Um, like, like me and the bow tie. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, although I think mine's a little bigger than the bow tie. Okay, um, And this is more something about how things have changed, because I don't think this was so weird at the time. Okay. But when uh, Sam comes home at one point, uh, he goes to Jonah's room and Jonah's mm-hmm. friend Jessica is in there, uh, mm-hmm. played by the great Gabby Hoffman, who I was yep. obsessed with around this time. Um, <laughs> God, I wanted to be her. But um, Jonah is uh, home alone. Mm-hmm. Jonah's eight. Yep. And then later, Jessica and Jonah are hanging out at her house and her mom, who is like a travel agent, um, and I guess has an office in the house, says that she's running out to run an errand, and she asks Jessica to keep an eye on things out front. Right. Jessica's eight years old. <laughs> so it's yeah. one thing for them to be leaving them al- like alone, like Jonah to be left alone at home, because I get that. Like I, I mean, I was a, I was. I think at that age, my parents might have, like, run to the grocery store or something. Like, they would run a quick errand and leave me at home. Yeah, but not uh, for work. <laughs> no, but I think I was I was 10 or 11 when they started, like, just leaving me home all day during the summer. Right. Which is insane to think about now. Um, <laughs> but she's she's supposed to be watching the business. Yeah. <laughs> and she knows enough that she knows how to book a flight. Well, she's very clever. She well, yeah, her. I mean, we loved a good, uh, I mean, we've always loved a good precocious child, but especially in the 90s, like, that's, because she, she was also, I mean, um, in Uncle Buck, it was more Macaulay Culkin than her, but, like, they they knew shit. Like, mm-hmm. Macaulay Culkin knew to check the idea of a, of a strange woman that comes to the house to watch him, right? Like, but Jessica knows a lot, and it's especially impressive she knows how to book a flight, because this is early, early days of computers. Like, this is probably one of the first movies where a computer is used the way it is um, so casually. Yeah. Well, maybe she's a child genius. Maybe. I mean, I know 
so one heartbreaking thing, you know, Gabby Hoffman got back into acting within like the last five or six years. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, I've read interviews with her and stuff. And at the time, like I loved her so much. Like I loved now and then, which this movie has three people from that movie. And All I right. just, yes. Well, I, I know two. Yeah. Cause Rita Wilson, Rosie O'Donnell. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. And, um, so I was reading an interview with her a few years ago and I always just thought like that we would have been like friends if we met, like when I was a kid and she was talking about now and then, and she was like, I wasn't into that. I was more into Pulp Fiction at that time. And I'm like, Ooh, she was advanced off screen too, <laughs> that she was watching Pulp Fiction while I was watching now and then. <laughs> and I don't think we could have been friends. I was not ready for Pulp Fiction yet. Well, not then, but you might be able to be friends now. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I think she's still too advanced for me. <laughs> I'm intimidated by a woman who can like show her full bush on TV. Right. That puts her in a place where I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because I blush just saying full bush. Yeah, so. it's, it's, I blush just hearing you say it. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to find a better way to say it, but there was no better way to say it. Well, if the f bombs did name, make sure this is going to have an explicit tag, then that certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I cursed like a sailor. It's quite all right. I love, I love a good swear. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my first problem: is just these children are left alone and given too much responsibility. I'm surprised he even needs Clarice to come stay with Jonah. Yeah, because, I mean, do, does, doesn't Hanks and um, his son live in a boat? No, they live on the, like, they live in a house, but it's, like, on the water. Right, okay, so it's not a boat. It, it can't move, it's just on the water, right? Yeah, but he could probably drown just walking out his front yeah. door. Yeah, it's, I mean, and he is also just fucking eight, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very stupid. Like, he's just he's just a, a little older than my kid, and I'm trying to... Well, you know what? I think my kid could man, manage, like, 30 minutes or an hour. Yeah. So maybe it's not that bad, but these days, you can't do that. He couldn't even sit in the front seat of the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a scary thing. And, and as you said, the fact that they live on the water... Mm-hmm. Is makes it extra sort of scary and um sure your kid's smart but for crying out loud he's still only eight years old. Um, another problem I have and this is once again isn't one of my official problems. This is like just a personal problem with time. And you may have seen me post about it on Facebook earlier today. But I'm older than them. Right. Like, <laughs> I've been watching this movie for 27 years, right? And, yeah. like, every, they're, 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 they're so old, right? They're grown-ups. And I'm watching it, and I'm just like, I wonder how old Tom Hanks... Because this is what I do now. Now mm-hmm. that I'm in my late 30s, like, I'm constantly looking up the ages of people when I watch movies from when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I am not only a little older than Tom Hanks was when they filmed this, but I am a lot old. Like, I'm like six or seven years older than Meg Ryan. And that is really upsetting to me because they are adults. Like, I watch it and I feel like a kid and they are adults, but I am older and wiser than them. Well, I'm older than you, so how the fuck do you think I feel? (laughs) Well, it's just crazy. And it's it's so funny because watching it now... And one thing that has changed is it's like, you know, I'm shocked that she's like 31, 32, whatever, and she's not married. And like, that means he had his kid 
um, late twenties, early thirties. And I'm like, that's so late at that time. But now it's just like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and I, you know what? I keep coming up with problems I have. Um, <laughs> another problem I have is that like, how come her family is just meeting Walter? Yeah. They've been dating long enough to be engaged. Mm-hmm. And they're going to Christmas, and this is the first time even, like, her parents have met him? Yeah, it's a bit weird. That's a problem I've always had with it. I also just have a problem with the fact that, like, they eat lettuce and tomato sandwiches. <laughs> like, she and Walter are so boring. Right, okay. Um, I See, I've got... Both my problems can come off of this, what you just said, right? Okay. But... I'll say this problem, and it's that the beginning of this movie set round about Christmas, and I watched it in May. That's it. I'm doing an MCU rewatch with my mum. Um, she's watched them for the first time, and in the very same week I watched this, I watched Iron Man Three, which is also set at Christmas. And both times I was just thinking, it's only fucking May. <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> I hate watching stuff about Christmas. Before Christmas, but it's fine because it's only the first half hour. It's all right. Well, and it's not like it's a Christmas movie. No, it's not. I managed. I managed. I calmed down. I was fine. <laughs> you know, some of my some of my favorite movies, um, especially like teen movies, take place over the course of a year, and oh. um, like things like Fast Times or Clueless. So I feel like I see it, or Mean Girls. Like I feel like I see Christmas a lot in movies, at least briefly, yeah. like in some of my favorites. Um, God, that is, I need more teen movies that take place over a year. Yeah. I mean, this takes place over, um, well, it's a few months, isn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah. 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 It's about, it's Christmas to Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah. So, so less than two months. Yeah. It's not too bad. I do get the feeling, and I know you're going to go into your problems. I do get the feeling I'm going to be arguing with you a little. So go on. Well, I've that, I've said my second problem, so it's actually t- time for your second problem. <laughs> I mean, okay, so it gets complicated, okay? Right. The stalking thing. Right, okay. I mean, honestly, like, I think last time I watched it, I just got really angry because I was like, she's creepy as hell and this is upsetting. Mm. This time I watched it with a little like a little more nuance. Like I thought about it a little more. And I think that Meg Ryan's character goes through. I think her arc is very, very interesting. And I think that on the surface, it's very creepy. But when I think about it further, I don't think it's as creepy. Um, right. As creepy, but you still think there's a, a bit of creepiness there, though. Yeah, she she seems happy. Like, Walter Walter's a good guy. Like, she seems to enjoy, you know, being with him. And she's so excited to, like, announce her engagement and stuff and for him to meet the family. And I get the feeling she's probably never been, like, she could, she's probably loved people but never been in love. And there's a difference between loving someone and being in love with them. Well, do you want to know how um, Nora Ephron told Meg Ryan to play the character? Yes, I I really want to know that. (laughs) Nora Ephron told Meg Ryan to play her as a Republican who had never had an orgasm. (laughs) Oh, I miss Nora Ephron. (laughs) I miss knowing she was out in the world. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. 
I love that. Yeah, it's it just it feels like she's never really truly been in love, but it it was fine. Like she didn't know, just like you know, a woman who's never had an orgasm but like doesn't realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not until she's trying on her her the wedding dress and she's talking to her mother, and her mother's talking about when she met her father and she's talking about how it was magic. It's like she's just like magic. Like it had never occurred to her that you would feel magic with someone, right? It's like yeah. that's the moment. I think when I was younger, I watched it as like her mom kind of ruins everything because she's happy and then her mom puts these things into her head. But it's like, no, it was this thing she didn't know. True, true. Um, but, um, don't, well, I can't go into it too far without getting at my last problem. But <laughs> the mum doesn't seem to like Walter. I don't I mean I don't think she hates him but yeah like Walter's not anything special. No, he's a good he's a good guy but he's not like super charming or anything. But then um, again I mean she doesn't know anything about Hanks as well though. She only knows I mean she only knows what she's heard in the radio and the fact that she stalked him and the fact that she hires a private investigator. Well and okay. Stuff. She So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right okay. So <laughs> She's listening to him on the radio at a point where she's feeling vulnerable and really kind of questioning things. And she hears this guy and there's something about him she connects to. And it seems so small. Like, it seems like she she knows so little about it. I mean, she does know so little about him. Mm-hmm. But it is like sometimes you see someone or, you know, like you meet someone for the first time or something. And maybe you don't know a ton about them, but there's just something there there's just something that you feel and i think that she feels that and part of it is that she's like wondering what else is out there and she hears this guy that is way more interesting than walter plus first of all like this movie it is a rom-com from the early 90s and there is no toxic masculinity which is fantastic like that is really hard to find and um, one of the re- like, you know, they talk about these women, you know, wanting to meet him and going crazy over him when they haven't met him. But this is a time when men aren't supposed to be sensitive. And this is a man who has gone on the radio and been vulnerable. And it's not you don't feel like and it's not like he's putting on an act or trying anything because he clearly doesn't want to be on the radio. Yeah. And they also talk about that bit with um, Rob Reiner's character. Yeah, and like, and the he thing sort of takes a piss out of him a little bit about it. He does, but even with Rob Reiner, it's like you know he's getting dating tips from him, and he's talking about how women want like a cute butt, and he's like, "How's my butt?" And Rob Reiner's like, <laughs> you know, he tells him, and there's no gay jokes. No, no, there's no, no like, I'm not gonna yeah. look at your butt. They, he, like, he's genuinely like they're joking, but he's genuinely trying to help his friend out, and I mm. think that, and it's also like th- their conversation is so interesting, you know, talking about like you know, whether or not you could let a woman pay and stuff. And it's, I I mean, you can tell it's written by a woman. These guys are like kind of advanced for the time, you know, (laughs) and they're talking so openly like Sam. The thing about Sam is that it seems ridiculous. All these women are kind of falling for him because of this radio show, but he is who he presents on that show. Like these women are probably, most of them are right about him. And that's really like they, most romantic comedies, or at least half of them, I feel, expect us to assume that people have fallen in love over so little. 
and usually mm-hmm. in so little time. And I rarely buy it, but I kind of get it here. But the thing about her stalking is, and it is creepy. She gets a an investigator, right? Yeah, that is a bit much. I can't defend that. Okay. Um, and it it seems extra creepy because she's like, it seemed. I I remember you know watching it in the nineties, thinking it seemed so extreme. You know, she's using the computer to find all these things, and it seems like such an invasion of privacy. Um, and I'm not saying it's not. I'm not. But if you think about what would happen now, mm-hmm. let's say Absolutely. you hear this guy on a podcast or whatever, and you decide to find out more about him, the information you are going to be able to find out in five minutes on the Internet is going to be way more than what she finds out. Mm-hmm. And no one's going to think it's that creepy. No, but she does, like, go and watch him and his son play on the beach and stuff. And that is creepy. Um, <laughs> that is that is creepy. And I sent you, you know, that trailer, the recut yeah. trailer. And I implore any listeners to to look for that on YouTube if they haven't seen it. It makes it look like a really creepy movie. It's so well edited. Like, if you just put in um, Sleepless in Seattle, like, trailer, it'll be, like, the second thing that comes up after the yeah, real trailer. I think, it's, I think it's recut as a horror movie. Yeah. because that That'll get you to find it, like, yeah. 10 years ago or so that was a huge thing like the yeah. shining was re- like they, they were they were these amazing trailers but um and that was one of my favorites and it was the first time i really thought about the fact that she was stalking mm-hmm. um but i also think like she has a job where she has access to all this stuff and she has an enabling friend who is like encouraging her to go like I mean, if anything, I think that Rosie O'Donnell is worse because, like, Meg Ryan is clearly having a breakdown, right? right. Like, Annie is going through some shit. She's about to, she's she's going to get married to this guy, and she's starting to question it. And I, and I know that, like, once you say yes to someone, the breakup, the going back is so much harder. Right. Like the the breaking that engagement is so much harder for people than just breaking up. Um, It's such a huge thing. So she's going through this thing where she's trying to decide, like, am I making the right decision or not? And it's it's a very I think her staying with him is very valid because she was happy with him and Mm -hmm. she does love him. And if she married him, she wouldn't be miserable. Like, that's the thing is, it's not. Like something like serendipity where, which God, we should talk about that sometime. Uh, <laughs> serendipity where like, you know, the chick is with the guy and I mean, he seems nice enough, but that guy's just kind of embarrassing and annoying. And you're just like, why is she with him? But you see why Annie's with Walter. Mm-hmm. And, um, so she's going through this thing where she's trying to figure this out and she's using this guy as an excuse or as a reason or whatever to try to figure out her feelings and what she wants from love. And what she wants in a relationship. And I feel like it's your friend should be the one trying to pull you out of this. Yeah. <laughs> like it's I'm not saying it's not her fault at all that she flies across the country to see him. <laughs> but I do think that like she doesn't even say to her friend, hey, I think I should fly to see him. Her friend's like, oh, well, you probably need to like go to Seattle to do some research. You know, yeah. like. She is totally enabling her, probably because she is so miserable with Rick, who sounds awful. I don't know. I feel like it's more complicated than it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's just because I've had my complicated moments in life where I mm-hmm. 
thought about things, but I, I, I don't know. I think that it's not as creepy when you look at what people do now. Right. I agree with you. When people have access to the information, it is hard for them not to look. She just had an advantage in 1993. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required. Right. Um, I don't like the whole traveling to go and see him stuff and everything and the actual stalkery moments and hiring an investigator and stuff, but I think it would have been a lot worse if it was um, a man doing this to a woman. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I was going to bring that up, too. (laughs) Yeah. And it actually would be a horror movie. So I don't think that... I mean, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. I don't like that aspect of the story and the way that it makes that character seem to me. I don't like her a Mm -hmm. lot for this movie. It's still not as anger-inducing to me as You've Got Mail. Mm-hmm. Um, or catfishing in Manhattan, as that should be called, <laughs> because that movie's like ten times worse than this, and it's the oh. same team that made it. <laughs> yeah, he. Oh God. Well, that's one I want to talk about too. Dylan and I, my husband and I, had this whole conversation earlier about these movies, and we each had our own pitch for an updated "You've Got Mail," um, which I think mine is not as faithful, but it's better. But whatever, we can talk about that another time. Yes. Um. I'll add to you've got mail to the list. I don't think I've got it on there. <laughs> I will say uh, two things in her defense as far as the stalking goes. Yes. So okay. I think I think it is bad for her to go there. Although, one, it is a really good story that even if she wasn't in love with him, she should be writing anyway because right. it is interesting. But she should okay. go and talk to him instead of stalking. But here is the thing. <laughs> okay. She gets there and she goes to his house she wasn't, I mean, she, she's, it is, it is stalkerish because she did go there. But like, one, she did come up with a pretty good reason for why she should go there. It's impressive. Mm-hmm. Most people don't have that. Right. And okay. two, she was going to go to his house and introduce her. Like, I'm assuming she was going to introduce herself and say she's writing this article. Mm-hmm. It's not like she was, she planned on watching him from far away. Right, she okay. planned on going and introducing herself. So it seems creepy because she's like watching him from far away and like sneaking around. But she had every intention of going to actually introduce herself. It just so happens she ended up doing the creepy thing. And my other defense is that so the first time she watches him, like she's gone there to introduce herself and then she sees them, you know, going off in the boat and she watches. She could go there when they get back, but whatever. The second time she is heading to introduce herself once again, and she stops herself because she sees him with Susie, who she thinks is Victoria. 
Um, cause they have similar hair and she's seen these pictures, the creepy pictures of him at dinner with Victoria. And as soon as she sees him with a woman and feels like he looks happy with her, she decides to go away. Yeah. Okay. But she's still engaged to someone else. I understand. <laughs> I understand. I'm not saying it's perfect. No, no, I know. The last time I watched it, I was so angry. And I was like, everything she does is wrong. And this time I'm seeing it. And and it it just seems so much more complicated to me. No, no, that's fine. That's, um, I'm not disagreeing with you. You, you, you. You are Team Walter all the way. And that's what's always in the back of your head, right? I'm absolutely Team Walter. And, um, that was my third problem. (laughs) <laughs> was um, the fact that he's a really nice guy um, and the, like, the main problems that anyone can find about Walter is he um, has allergies, snores loud and um, uh, is, you know, quote-unquote safe. And it's like, yeah, what a bastard. What a bastard Walter is, you know? Um, She's just no- <laughs> not feeling the magic. no. That's not my problem. My problem is the way that Walter is written. Yeah. And the way that... Why why make Walter such a nice guy? Because in, in that light, it makes Annie look worse. Well, first of all, like I think that there's this thing that I always hated that seems to have pretty much gone away, which is someone is a big old stupid nerd if they have allergies. Yeah. Like, that was a thing in TV and movies, especially in the 90s, that, like... Someone was so lame if they had allergies, which is really offensive. Mm-hmm. I think I think the thing about this movie is we look at it as a romantic comedy. It is marketed to us as a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it's a movie about like, I mean, obviously, like, you know, Tom Hanks has his own thing. But as far as Meg Ryan's concerned, it's a movie about a woman just like coming to grips with her choices and just trying to figure her life out and not doing it in a healthy way. But I mean, honestly, when most people have that moment, if they do have that moment where they're starting to question things, they probably go a little crazy too. You know, I get that, but I would like to, I mean, there's a reason that there, there's a trope in movies where um, the other guy, like the, the guy that she is with, turns out to be an arsehole or like he treats her like shit sometimes or he sleeps with someone else there's a reason that's a trope and that is because we are supposed to be on her side yeah and i wasn't for a lot of it because walter is a nice guy i mean boring sure but who gives a fuck he's a nice guy he doesn't treat her like garbage the way it's written it's like Oh, you know, uh, oh, he's boring though and he's got allergies and blah, blah, blah. But this guy, he's got a sexy voice and a kid. Yeah, I want him more. I'm going to go and stalk him. It's like... Okay, oh. but, but think about this. Think about this. And this may just be that Walter is a nice guy. Hashtag justice for Walter. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, listen. So okay. one of my favorite things about this movie has always been that in the end, she's like honest with him about what's been going on. Yes. Um, She... She's talking to him about like she's and she's talking to him about how like she's on. She doesn't have to tell him about Sam. She could just be like, I've been questioning things, but she she's honest with him. And she's like, I really I'm just thinking that this is a bad decision. And I have been thinking about this guy, but, you know, it's you, too. And it's nothing against you. It's just I don't 
feel like I feel that thing. And he's so great because he's just like, it it sucks, but I get it. Like, he's very, it's all very civil. Yeah, because what was the best? Come on. But, but think about it for a second, though. Think about it. Right. He, he gives up that relationship so easily and so nicely. Maybe he doesn't have those. Maybe he's the same as her and he doesn't have those intense feelings either. Maybe they were just two boring adults who enjoy lettuce and tomato sandwiches and found somebody that they enjoy talking to and thought I should marry them. Maybe maybe there wasn't anything super romantic there with them. Maybe or maybe he's just a really nice guy. I mean, he he could be, but like he really doesn't seem that sad considering what the conversation <laughs> is about. True, but she does keep fucking off, you know, and flying across the across the country. So he's kind of like, um, uh, you know, maybe I'm better off without her. Um, I, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> most people would not handle it that well, no matter how nice they are. No, absolutely no. And no. but you know what? That ring was gorgeous. I'm not I'm not a big fan of the ring. Like, I don't make a big deal about that. And I think engagement rings are a uh, bribe and they're unnecessary. Okay. But um, that oh, that was a really nice ring. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. This is a really nice ring. Um, I just think that, like, I don't think Walter I don't I think that they had a passionless relationship based okay. on the information I've been given. Fair enough. I don't know. I think it's just because I'm more used to having the guy be an arsehole and watching someone who's so nice, you know. Can I say something about Walter that makes him not much better than her? Oh, go for it. So one time, Walter's brother fell onto the train tracks and went into a coma. And there was a woman... That he was supposedly engaged to. She was welcomed into his family's home. They all knew that she was in love with his brother. And he still pursued her while his brother was sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so think about that? that for a second. Was that not also set around Christmas? Yes, it was. <laughs> and I do think of that as a Christmas movie because it's so much of it is Christmas. Because it really takes place over like a week. Yeah. Walter gets his revenge in that movie then. <laughs> I just want to. I just want to say Walter's not perfect either. Yeah. Okay, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one thing I want to mention before we before before I forget is in. I've always loved this. Mm-hmm. Um, in the scene where they're talking about stories at the the newspaper, and she comes in, and they start talking about Sleepless in Seattle. They're talking about the soup Nazi. All right. <laughs> like, and this is before that Seinfeld episode. Like, because that I think people think that that's something made up for the show. But he was based on a real guy, like this guy who made this amazing soup, but had all these rules and was awful. And um, when she walks into the room, they're talking about him. And it's so funny. Like, it's like it's it's funny to hear it because it's like, oh, this was a thing. Mm -hmm. This was a thing people talked about at the time. Oh, well, I didn't know that, actually, that it was a real thing. Yeah, like they're talking about it here, and then they talk about it on Seinfeld. And mm-hmm. by the way, the this that the real soup Nazi, which is an offensive title, but the real soup Nazi, he does not like that. No, <laughs> I imagine he wouldn't. Yeah, you should do a little research about that. It's interesting. Um, yeah, 
But yeah, my my other problem is, and this is a huge one. This is a problem I have had with this movie since day one. Right. So that this is what your twelfth uh, problem. <laughs> this is my third official. Pro- like I have my yeah, three official, official problems. Yes. yes. And then lots of things I've thought about. Because the thing is, I was having trouble coming up with my problems because I love yes, this movie yeah, so yeah. much. <laughs> I was as well, actually. That's why I went for a bow tie. So. <laughs> and it's not until talking to you that I'm like, oh. Well. It has some other issues with this movie. Right. This is like my third problem. Like, this one bugs me, I think, more than anything else. Okay, go for it. So, his friend, or his sister and brother, or whoever comes to town, Susie, and I already forgot Victor Garber's name, he's sitting there and he's catching up with them at his home. um, And Jonah's there. And he's like, let me tell you this thing Jonah did. This is a huge story. This is something people are clearly like, this is like water cooler talking offices, right? Uh-huh. How do they not know about <laughs> the whole sleepless in Seattle thing? And like, how, how is, there is no way they don't know about this, especially since they seem very close. Like he hasn't told them. Jonah hasn't told them. No one at their work. has. And the thing is, is like, it is such a famous thing that even if nobody at work was talking about it or whatever, like, someone around them would have to know about it and know that it's this guy that they are somehow related to. Like there's, there's, I just, I can't believe that they do not know about this. Yeah. Because don't they use their real names on the radio? Yeah. So they're about to know, you know, Oh, I know our Jonah and the Sam. So <laughs> like, I just, I, I have trouble believing that they don't know and they can have that scene with them not knowing, like they can just like bring it up and then talk about Annie. Like it doesn't like, cause my first thought was, well, maybe the scene only works if they don't know what happened, mm-hmm. but like they could be like, so, you know, we heard about this. We have to talk about this. And yeah. it just, it drives me crazy, man. <laughs> it drives me crazier than the stocking, which I know isn't right, but it does. I think we should maybe talk about positives. We have a positive each. Um, so who wants to... You go first. My positive about it, and who knows, this could be a negative, I don't know. My positive <laughs> about it is that they give me all these reasons to not root for them because she's stalking him, and he doesn't know her, although it helps that he sees her a couple times and he feels a connection. Like, this whole movie, you have to believe in fate and magic just a little to get through it, right? I mean, it also helps that she looks like, you know... Meg Ryan in the 90s. Well, and it's not just that. She looks like an angel. Like, there is something about her where you see her and she just looks... You can see how someone would be like, she's very attractive and I would like to take her on a date, but also she looks like she'd be a good mother, right? Like, she has this quality and... Um, but they don't even meet until the end of the movie. They have about two minutes of screen time together. Yeah. And I really shouldn't root for them. Like, if I think about it logically, like, if I just sit here and think about the movie, I think I don't root for them because this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But the movie is so well done that I am so happy they meet. And I'm still able to convince myself they live happily ever after, even though I literally have no reason to. Mm-hmm. And that is, I mean, it is Nora Ephron is a very talented woman this movie is so well written and so well acted that they make me buy a premise that like, as much as I love romantic comedies, I get angry at a lot of them. Cause I'm like, these two are never going to last, 
but I still believe that these two might. And I think that that is amazing. Right. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, my positive is Tom Hanks. <laughs> okay. He's great. Tom Hanks is fantastic. And, and he's really good in this film. I mean, he's good in everything. But I really, I, just, we were talking about the, the, the opening scene and mm-hmm. I really felt bad for him and, um, and I only knew him for like two minutes of screen time. I felt bad for him. I had to see that god awful bow tie. Um, <laughs> I really like, I like the relationship with his son. I, mm-hmm. I love the scene when he first, when he goes into the room and Jessica's there. Um, uh, and they're sitting in the, they're both sitting in the chair. <laughs> and Jessica basically tells him to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. H and G. Yeah. Hi and goodbye. Yep, and then they turn the chair around, and <laughs> but his his face is like okay, and he goes out, but he closes the door and opens it again because mm-hmm. he's like sort of like, well, I'm keeping an eye on you too. You're only eight, but I'm keeping an eye on you. Yeah, and that's the thing is like you you get the feeling it's not that he doesn't want his kid alone in a room with a girl. He no. does. This girl seems like maybe she could like get him to agree to marry him marry her right now like she is there she is an adult that's all we have time for um this podcast and my other podcast drop the pilot are now on uh, my website shiftybench.co.uk just go to that shiftybench.co.uk and if you want to send us an email for drop the pilot or for so what's the problem um contact at shiftybench.co.uk that's contact at shiftybench.co.uk so you'll find me online at Drop the Pilot Pod. Where will they find you, Jen? Uh, at Pilot Inspectors on uh, Twitter, and um, that my active podcast that I have is Closer to Free, and I'm at Closer to Free Pod. Um, and the kid fr- who played Jonah was on a uh, Party of Five. Oh, was he? Yeah. Right. Yeah. He dated Claudia. So. All right. Uh, of course he did. <laughs> So that's where you can find me. So, yeah, like to thank everyone for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye.